welcome to Central Pennsylvania Voices. I'm your host, Joan Ebistinsky, and this morning we're going to have a talk with Marie Gallagher. She's the Legislative Director at the Pro-Life Federation. Welcome, Maria. Thank you so much for having me today. I greatly appreciate it. It's always great to have you here on Holy Family Radio. Uh, today, I wanted to talk about your new book that you just uh, just put out. But before we do that, maybe we should uh, let our listeners know a little bit about you before we talk about the book. Sure. Uh, I am the legislative director, as you said, for the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation, which means that I try to pass good, strong pro-life legislation and try to keep uh, bad anti-life legislation from being enacted. Um, prior to that, I was the education director for the Federation. And in that capacity, I edited our newsletters and uh, did media correspondence and that sort of thing. Before that, I was the legislative associate for Ohio Right to Life, which is a national right to life affiliate. And prior to that, I was a journalist working in radio, television, and newspapers. Um, I was a radio reporter for a public radio station and then for a public radio network. I was also a television news producer for a CBS affiliate in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and I did freelance for um, publications in the uh, greater central Ohio area. So I come from a journalism background, um, which was very conducive to writing. Uh, although when I started out in journalism school, uh, my professor told me that my writing was very superficial. And I thought, well, that's good <laughs> since I'm going into broadcast journalism. Um, but then I, I think the writing standards changed over the years, or maybe I changed over the years. And somehow I was able to write a book. So I'm very happy about that. I am too. <laughs> I, <laughs> I had a great time reading the book. Now, the book is called Joyful Encounters with Mary, A Woman's Guide to Living the Mysteries of the Rosary. And uh, I got the book and my wife and I read. Now, full disclosure, we've known each other for about 12 years. Yes. Right? Uh, and there are many things I enjoyed in reading the book. And this is one of the books that I read it in about a week and I really, really enjoyed it. And after I read it, I gave it to my wife and she read it in about three days <laughs> and she said, wow, yeah, she also could not put the book down. So yeah. uh, it had a lot of really great insights. One of the things that I really enjoyed was, you know, I've known you, you know, we've been friends for a number of years, right. but I really did appreciate the way you uh, use the uh, stories from your life and, mm -hmm. and how they related to uh, Mary and to the rosary. Can you tell us a little bit about how this book got started? I'd be interested in sure. the genesis of it. Um I think it really started way back when I was in fourth grade and Miss um, Burnett told me that um, I would write a book someday. And uh, I thought, wow, she must know something that I don't. Um, and it was in the back of my mind for a long time. I had written a memoir, which I had tried to get published, and I didn't get anywhere with it. And actually, a friend of mine from the Curcio movement suggested maybe you can take lessons you've learned from your life and incorporate them into a book. And I thought that that was a good idea. And during the lockdown phase of the pandemic, I really couldn't go anywhere. I had worn out my welcome at the grocery store. Church was closed. Uh, restaurants were closed. Uh, the chapel was closed. So I didn't have many places to go. And so I decided, well, this might be a good time to sit down and write. And so that was the genesis for, for the book. And I also thought at that time, there seemed to be a shortage of joy in the world. And I wanted to write about joy. 
And it seemed to me that my relationship with the Blessed Mother had been a source of joy in my life and that it could be a source of joy in the lives of other people as well. Um, and I originally wrote it for a broader audience, um, but then I had uh, three men at Miriam Press who read it and said, well, this is really oriented toward women, so why don't you put woman in the title somewhere? So that's where we got that. Um but it was an effort to show people how um, their lives intersect with Mary's life and how um, they can um, find some commonality with Mary in terms of the joyful mysteries of the rosary. And uh, I found that in my own life, um, that it seemed as if at times I was living the joyful mysteries of the rosary. And I wanted to share that experience with other people. I like the way you have the book formatted. There are short chapters, and they have those personal reflection questions at the end yes. of each chapter. And that, yes. to me, that seems like it'd be really good for like a discussion group thing. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, I wrote it so that it could be for personal study or for group discussion. And I know that um, some of my friends who have read it said they really got a lot out of the um, questions at the reflection questions at the end of the chapters. Um, I, I formatted it so that um, I would have a personal reflection about Mary in my life. And then I would go to the um, scripture and talk about the scriptural text as it related to Mary. And then I would talk about um, saintly encounters with Mary, different saints who have had their own experiences with Mary. And uh, also I would focus on a virtue um, for d various chapters, um, such as humility or generosity. Um, and, uh, my readers have told me that that's really helped them in terms of their spiritual walk. Um, so I, I give all the credit to the Holy Spirit for helping me to format the book in a way that I think speaks to a lot of people. And I've been surprised at the reaction that I've had to the book. Um, people that are not generally readers, enjoy reading this book um, because it's very down to earth and, and I wrote it in a very simple manner. Um, That's why I could understand that. <laughs> <that's right. laughs> and yeah. also um, I, someone gave it to a woman who is uh, away from the church and she's considering coming back. And so that's, that's really my goal here is to evangelize to other people. He was really positive. I mean, I, when mm -hmm. I get done, got, finished reading the book, I was, I felt uplifted after yes. having done so. Yes. And that was a really good, I mean, the joyful encounters that kind of encapsul encapsulates mm -hmm. the whole thing. I think. Yeah. I, I had a discussion with um, a friend of ours, father, William Weary. Mm -hmm. And he said, I, I told him about the book and he said, Oh, are, are these um, stories about um, apparitions you've seen? And I said, no, no, Father, I haven't seen any apparitions of the Blessed Mother. Uh, wish that I had, but I, I haven't. But I've experienced her in other ways in my life. And I think that a lot of people can relate to that. And even if you've had a strained relationship with your mother and things haven't gone so well with, with your uh, relationship with motherhood, I think that you can find something worthwhile in this book um, because Mary is the perfect mother and she can mother you as no one else can. And I think that that relationship can be a source of joy. Yeah. One of the things in the book that really struck me was when you shared that story about 
losing contact with your daughter and yes. that that really struck me if you want to maybe share a little bit about that because that Certainly. was that was heartwarming to me that you yes. had you really had to open up your heart to be able to share that with us i i did um what happened was that um i was going through a, a custody situation with my daughter and my daughter's father and um there was one weekend labor day weekend when i couldn't get a hold of her on the phone and i thought that this was very strange and I talked to my mother about it, and she said that she was worried that we needed to really investigate this. And so there was a period there for about two weeks when I really didn't know where she was. And that was so heart-wrenching. And I would just go to the chapel, and I would pray, and I would pray for the intercession of the Blessed Mother. Um, and lo and behold, we managed to track my daughter down to Canada um, and she was at, um, St. Anne's school. So she was at the school name for the mother of, uh, Mary. Uh, and, uh, it, it was such a joy filled moment when I finally knew where she was. You know, that's all that I was looking for was that closure to find out that she was somewhere and she was safe. Um, and so I think that, um, a lot of people have had the experience where, as new parents, uh, they have a toddler, and all of a sudden they look around and the toddler has disappeared. And you have that feeling of angst in that moment. Oh my goodness, where did my child go? So I think that a lot of us can relate to that. And a lot of us may have been lost on our way to God. And Mary can help to find us and bring us back to Jesus. Yeah, as a parent, I mean, I got to that part in your book. Yeah. And you're right. We've all lost our, our children at one point or another, yeah. but not for two weeks. Right, I mean, right. wow. And now you've been able to reconnect with your daughter? Yes, correct? yes. I've That's been good. able to reconnect with her, and, and uh, it's it's been miraculous. I think modern technology is so wonderful in being able to connect with people who are far away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's been a test of faith um, all the way around. And I just look to the Blessed Mother for strength each day to get through the day. And uh, she's never let me down. It's amazing. Well, listen, we're going to run out of time. So I'd like you, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned the Curcio movement. So can mm-hmm. you give me like a, like a 30 second commercial for the Curcio movement? Sure. I know it's hard to do. <laughs> sure. What's the Curcio movement? A lot of people don't know what it is. Right. The Curcio movement is a lay run Catholic movement within the church to help people to experience the love of Jesus in a brand new way. And it focuses on the tripod of piety or prayer, study, and action or evangelization. Fantastic. Now, Pro-Life Federation, why don't you give us their website in case mm-hmm. we want to find out about the pro-life Sure. Movement. The website for the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation is www.paprolife.org. And what does, the, what does that federation do? Well, we uh, really work to restore legal protection for preborn children in Pennsylvania, um, and we proclaim the truth about abortion, infanticide, and euthanasia through educational and legislative means. Thank you so much for your work on that. Now, where can we get your book? Sure. Um, you can get my book at shopmercy.org, that's shopmercy.org, or on Amazon. Fantastic. Well, listen, we really like to uh, thank you for being with us today on Holy Family Radio, taking time out of your busy schedule to talk about your book, Joyful Encounters with Mary, A Woman's Guide to Living the Mysteries of the Rosary. Uh, Thank you for being with us, Marie Gallagher, the uh, Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation Legislative Director. 
It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for being with us and stay tuned. We're going to be right back after these messages. I'm your host, Joan Ebistinsky, and today I'm honored to be with Sam Conahay. He's the Assistant General Agent, the Knights of Columbus Insurance. Is that correct? Yes, that is. I'm happy to be here, Joe. Thanks for having me. Well, let's start if you want to tell us a little bit about your background before we get going. Um, well, I guess the big thing is I'm not originally from Central PA. Uh, I grew up in New Jersey. We've been out here for about four years. Uh, I went to Catholic school as a kid, you know, Irish Catholic background. Uh, if you're Irish Catholic, you, you need say no more, right? <laughs> uh, but a very strict Catholic background and went to school. And I, uh, from there, I went to Stockton University in New Jersey. Uh, it's, uh, it was Stockton State College when I went. So mm. it was a few years ago. Um, my daughter went there and, and she uh, actually went when it was a university. Much different experience for her. Um you know, from, from there, I, I got into, out of college and got into construction. You know, there was more money in construction and uh, being a contractor mm-hmm. uh, at the time. And I was young and, and in good shape. So, you know, why not? Uh, did that for a while, about 20 years. And uh, my body said, hey, Sam, we need to find, it, find a new path. And, uh, you know, I started working for the Knights about seven years ago. Excellent. And uh, I always like to ask people something interesting about themselves that normal people wouldn't know about them. Uh, it, it's more about my background and yeah. my mom, you know, yeah. honestly. So uh, my mom's Irish, obviously, but she's an Irish traveler, which a lot yeah. of people uh, may not know what that is uh, or they associate it with a gypsy. Mm-hmm. But don't say that to her. She's not a gypsy. <laughs> she's an Irish traveler. And they, they kind of travel around and and. The men work. It's a very segmented uh, family life mm-hmm. where the, the men have their jobs and, and they, they work a ton of hours and the women have their, their part in the family and, and they work a ton of hours and, and it's they're all Catholic. It's a really neat group. I, I think they get a bad rap, but uh, well, yeah, I, I have that, that bloodline and mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. Well, I know that you're super involved in the Knights of Columbus and uh, the Knights of Columbus are involved in so many different things. I know you're involved in the insurance end of it. Uh, can you tell me what motivates you? Yeah, my kids, uh, without a doubt. Well, tell us about it. how many kids do you have? Tell us about. It. I have I have three kids. I have one's twenty nine. She's the old lady. Mm-hmm. She's grown up, and then I have a, a ten and twelve year old that go to school out here. My my uh, my oldest daughter doesn't live with us anymore. Um, but you know, definitely my kids. It, mm-hmm. it starts with them. It ends with them every day. They're always in your thoughts. I I would love to say. What motivates me is getting into heaven, mm-hmm. you, you know, and, and my attempt at that. 
but really it's uh, it's you know building a life for them and making sure they're prepared for the future. Excellent. And I know you are very successful in what you do. How do you define success? Um, well, we didn't have a lot of money when I was a kid, so it, it's not really uh, you know anything monetary. I, I would have to say. I always think about it's a wonderful life, that movie. And at the end, and uh, I think it was Clarence wrote him a note, as long as you have friends, you know, you're not a failure. I, I think, uh, you know, for me, it's family and building that structure and, and you know, having friends. and it, That's success, without a doubt. What kind of hurdles have you faced in your life and how did you overcome them? Um, well, when we, we moved out here uh, for a couple of reasons, but right before we moved, I had an accident. And, uh, I, you know, I fell off a ladder, broke a lot of bones. Uh, you know, they, they put me back together, put some plates in, lots of screws. Uh, you know, in my face, they kind of restructured it. So uh, I, I like to think I look better now, but I don't know. But you do have a face for radio. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's why. <laughs> so, uh, you know, overcoming that and, and then uh, deciding that, you know, we wanted to pack up and start anew after I recovered and, and coming out here. So... A lot of challenges, especially for my family, to you know deal with the recovery. Yeah, you're kind of going into my next question. I was going to ask you about any major decisions you had in your life and how you came to the decision you made. I'm sure probably moving here might have been one of them. Yeah, I, I think that that was a, a big decision. You know, my wife is from uh, Central Jersey, mm-hmm. and uh, you know she's she's Catholic, a very Polish family, which I never knew until I married into a Polish family. A very tight, very tight family. Lots of good food. Um, so she was moving away from all that. Mm. And, uh, you know, I had to decide the same thing. And, uh, you know, we prayed on it for a while and thought, you know, what do we do? Should, wh- where do we go? And it was almost a throwing darts at a board type <laughs> thing. You know, could, we could move anywhere in the country. And uh, I don't know why, but we wound up in Dillsburg, PA. Yeah. Did you? And it's a great place. I've been living there for 30 years. It's a great place yeah. to raise children. It is. Um, and for me, People said to me in my family, why did you move to Dillsburg of all places? And I moved there because I got a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my wife and I both had, had jobs there in the area. And so, and I initially didn't want to live in Dillsburg because I thought it was way, way far away from civilization. But mm-hmm. once I got there and I learned that the people were so fantastic and the schools were so great uh, and the community was such a good place that, I don't, well, I'm really glad that I'm here. But a lot of people ask me, you know, why did you move? Well, it's because I got a job there. So did you, did you get a position here? Did you get a job here and then move here? Did you move here first? No. Uh, I was working for the Knights of Columbus and, and they gave me the okay. They said you can transfer anywhere, uh, kind of in North America. Wow. That, that I wanted. And, uh, I said, okay. And we talked about a lot of places. And, and like I said, we, we really, we just kind of prayed on it. And, Melissa, my wife, uh, she was looking up different homes and she was looking in Oregon, Connecticut. She was looking all, all over the country, Ohio a lot. And uh, she said, this is a nice house. It's this place, Dillsburg. <laughs> and then another one came up and another one. And, and everything she kept finding was like, this, this place, Dillsburg. She said, well, I don't understand. And we came out here for a couple weekends and met some of the people and, and really the people and uh, and the schools. She toured the schools for the kids and what a what a great place! Yeah, we're 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 happy with this community here. Uh, we're blessed to be and our, here, and our diocese is fantastic too. I'm sure you've learned in the time you've been here that we're blessed to have an incredible diocese with you know a good bishop and incredible priests. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's I don't want to bash New Jersey, right? <laughs> it, it was a good place. My family's still there, but when I come out here and I talk to people at the parish and, and some you know 
some of the at sports activities or wherever in the community and and I tell me, boy, you're really blessed to have grown up here mm-hmm. and, and to have been spent 40 or 50 years here. It's it's just an amazing thing. It's it's like a dream. Well, I want to ask you a little bit about your faith journey. Uh, you say you're a cradle Catholic, correct? Yes. Yeah. So so am I. Uh, my wife is a convert, and uh, I went through the RCIA RCIA program with her because I went through uh, CCD in the 70s, which it wasn't that good in the 70s because <laughs> uh, I went to public school. Um, and I always like to, to ask people who are lifelong Catholics like you, what made you stick with your faith? Um, well, my mom. My mom made me stick with it when I was a kid, right? That, that's, right, who, right, that's who right. pushes it on us, right? The, the, the pusher uh, taking me to church every, every weekend. Um, I'm not sure what kept me sticking with it. I, mm-hmm. I, I, that, that's uh, never thought about that one. But I, I know it just I, I felt a belonging mm-hmm. with, with the Catholic Church. I always felt comfortable there. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of people in their 20s, and, and I'm no different, you get away from your faith and, and you're doing things, you're going out, you can, you, all of a sudden you can go to bars. Yeah. You've got all yeah. this freedom and, and you're, you're exploring, you know, where, what you're going to do with your life. And then, uh, but I always felt like the, you know, the safest, most comfortable place was, to, was, was a church and, and back at Catholic school, obviously. And uh, I think that's what kind of swung me back over and, you know, yeah, next thing I knew, I was on parish council, and, and you know, and then I joined the Knights of Columbus, and now I work for them. Yeah, yeah, and I had a priest one time tell me it's women, wheels, and wine. Sometimes <laughs> the exit ramps for uh, people going to church. Yeah, so <laughs> so it was still on track, we're in good shape. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more uh, about first of all, maybe for our listeners who don't know about the Knights of Columbus, what the Knights of Columbus are generally, and then we're talking about uh, the insurance program. Yeah, I joined the Knights about 10, 11 years ago. And, and you know, it, you do a lot of volunteer and we do all this charity and it's a great global organization and community organization. But uh, separate from that, the Knights are actually an, an insurance company. And, uh, you know, I, so I started working for the Knights. And well, what our main goal is to protect the families and protect widows and orphans. And it goes back to 1882. You know, that, that's the, the main the main mantra of the Knights is protect the widows and orphans. And that's what we do. Um one of the things that's different about this job, I think that most people don't realize is you know, when, when a, a member you know, or a family member uh, passes away, you know, I, I, I get a notification and I usually meet with the family and we sit down and we see if they need anything. And, uh, you know, many times it's paperwork from, because of what I do and what I'm licensed with. And it, it changes your, uh, it, cha- it changes your outlook and, and your faith because, it's a it's a hard thing to do, and and when you first do it a couple times, you're kind of thrown back, and, and you get a lot of crazy stories. And uh, you know, I, I Father Nick Dudo, uh, my old pastor in New Jersey, I went up to him. I said, you know, Father Nick, how do I uh, how do I do this? How, how do you do this every day? And I'm waiting for him to give me some wisdom. And uh, he says, well, I don't say anything. And I was getting ready to write down what what you know yeah. what, what what he says, and I said, you don't say anything. He said, nothing. I, I said, well, what do you do? He said. And you just sit there and listen. You know, he said, let them know you're there and try to help them in any way. But but basically be a good listener. I said, okay. And uh, that was actually good advice. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's neat. I know that Father Michael J. McGivney, who's the founder of the Knights of Columbus, he's a blessed now, and we're hoping to get him canonized in the future. Yeah. Uh, we say that prayer at each one of our council's meetings. Um, and I know that he was so much interested in taking care of those widows and the orphans from uh, when someone, when the father passed away. And that's how the whole thing got started, right? 
Yeah, I, I believe it's it's more prevalent today than ever. You know, a lot a lot of people think, well, that was 1882. Things have changed, but really, you know, they haven't. Whether it's a mom or a dad or a grandparent, you know, when someone passes away, they they leave a big void. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we battle with that. But, but the real gut punch is, is, you know, a few months later, the, the financial impact yeah. to the family and maybe having to move out of the house or change their, their way of life on top of everything else is, is very tough. And, you know, the nights are there. And that's what we do. Well, we're going to run out of time pretty soon. Is there uh, something you want to leave our listeners with a takeaway? Uh, yeah, I, I think, and, and it's what I try to do for my own kids, is, is build that, that faith structure around your family. I, I think that's the foundation of, uh, of all good things. You, you know, you just ha- have a good, uh, a good group of men and a good group of women, you know, for the, for the young ones to, to meet with and see how they lead their life in, in, in Catholicism. And how can people get in touch with you? Well, you, you can uh, contact the local Knights of Columbus, uh, and, they, and they all know who I am. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you can give me a call, 717-495-4808, or uh, samuel.conahay at kofc.org. And, uh, you know, you we, said that too fast. Say that a little bit slower. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, it's my name, so I yell it out, right? Yeah. Uh, samuel.conahay at thank kofc.org. You. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for being here on uh, Holy Family Radio. Central Pennsylvania Voices, Sam Conahay, the Assistant General Agent, Knights of Columbus Insurance. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for listening to another edition of Central Pennsylvania Voices. I'm your host, Joan Ebistinski. Please listen to us again next time. Thanks for having me.